Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Strange Familiars. If you've got a story you'd like to share with us, you can email us strangefamiliarspodcast at gmail.com. So we're continuing with Heather and Natalie on this episode. If you didn't hear the last episode, you probably want to listen to that first and then roll into this one because the interview just kind of picks up where we left off. And so they only met each other through Strange Familiars? Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, Natalie heard Heather's story and it was so similar to things that she had experienced and her description of this guy. They just kind of met after that. And then Natalie talks about some of her experiences in Alamogordo, where you lived. Yes, yes. It's not a huge town, but it is a a very significant, I would say, town in the United States, being right next to White Sands National Monument and Trinity Center. It's come up before in the podcast, I know, not just from you, like from someone else. And I feel like York is the hub. (laughs) And then Athol, Massachusetts is another Strange Familiars place. And then Alamogordo is another Strange Familiars place. Yeah, and I'll just uh, like just to give a little background about how long Tim has been into this kind of stuff when I moved out there in the 90s and we were just friends. As soon as I moved to the desert, you were like, you've got to find out more about Jack Parsons while you're there. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, I mean, if everyone knows who Jack Parsons is, but you were like, like, you're in the desert now. So now you have to find out about Jack Parsons. 
and aliens that was the big yeah. thing because it was the yeah. 90s and i lived near you know not that close to roswell but closer than anybody else we knew yeah much closer than me certainly i do want to mention in this interview towards the end of it we talk about a book called rebirth of pan there has been some controversy surrounding this book recently in the mm-hmm. community because the author was outed as a neo-nazi or something like this i did not know this i didn't research the author or anything. It's hard to keep up with the transgressions of people retroactively. Like, yeah, I mean, he wrote books... this book in like 1980 or something, yeah. right? And I didn't do any research on the author. I just read the book and talked about the book. I talk about it in Where the Footprints End as well. I didn't know this guy was some kind of Nazi sympathizer or whatever well, he is. Well, the thing is, until very recently, people could kind of keep that on the down low. <laughs> I, I, like, you didn't really know until like the birth of the internet and like really easily searchable terms and... A community that was active to find people with transgressions. Yeah. So, so, and I'm pretty sure Natalie didn't know either. She talks about getting a PDF of the book. mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure she didn't know at the time either. And the book itself doesn't contain any of that kind of... Not that I could tell. I mean, apparently some people say upon reading it, they can tell, you know, but... Sometimes I feel like that's maybe retroactive. I'm not trying to give a pass to someone with... No, no, the the guy's problematic. I don't support him. The book isn't for sale. You can't even buy it. Mm -hmm. People are passing around PDFs of it for people who want to read. But I know the folks from Hellier got called out basically because they featured the book in Hellier. And I think they're going to put some kind of disclaimer, I think, on future releases of those episodes because of that you know i appeared on a podcast that the host was you know doing some problematic things after i appeared on there people discovered this i didn't know that Mm. it was a very popular podcast lots of people had been on including people who were calling out this podcast later on Mm. they'd been on it people have tried to take me to task for that i don't research the politics if I find out about the politics of people, then like, you now I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but... but I didn't know. I didn't know this about the rebirth of Pan guy. This is not an endorsement of his political beliefs in any fashion whatsoever. We just talk about his book a little bit. So I just wanted to give that disclaimer in case anybody should outlandishly think that me mentioning his book means I support him politically. It does not. And like I said, the book's out of print, so he's not making any money on it anyway. So... With that disclaimer stated, <laughs> let's move into my discussion with Heather and Natalie. He had just given you a name. There you go. And you'd woken up and written it down. Well, that's when I told you, uh, or I revealed it a couple days later or whenever that was, and you told me that you'd... You've been watching for <clears throat> Gwen in the Wild Hunt as a kid, and you seem to know a lot more about him than I did. I mean, I, at that point, I didn't really know anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where I even learned about it. Honestly, I just have very strange memories of as a kid. I used to look up in the sky and see if I could see like them riding by or something like that. I mean, I never did, but I also don't know why I ever did that. Hmm. And it's just... It's just a weird, like, personal thing that I've never mentioned to anybody yeah. else because, you know, no, nobody else really, I mean, who, who cares about the wild hunt, really? Like, it, in normal conversation, that's not something you get into with, like, right. people I, you just randomly meet. It's, there's not, it's pretty obscure folklore. Even the places in America that have wild hunt folklore, it's pretty obscure. 
Yeah. And like, but when Natalie said like, she's like, the name he gave me was Gwyn. And I was like, oh, Wild Hunt, Gwyn Apnud. Yeah. 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 You just took it like it was <laughs> like, you know, we we're just having a conversation. I'm just like, wait, you what now? <laughs> oh, wow. I was, like, I was like, sure, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, I, at this point, is that any weirder than anything else? <laughs> no, sure. So, the, okay, so from there, we've got the other one, the theater one. Oh, yeah, him. So, I, this is going to sound, I mean, like the dreams aren't bad enough, but my my friend and I, back in 2005, at the beginning of my experiences, we started doing Ouija to see if I could get anything out. Because, again, coming at this from, like, a, oh, it's just my unconscious. I'm, I'm pulling these archetypes out. and Let's have fun, fun with it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were just, you know, doing these Ouija sessions, trying to talk to that one. And he wasn't great at it, apparently. So he's like, you know what? Let me, let me get my friend to do this. He's much better at communicating. And this is where it gets supremely creepy as far as Heather's experience goes. And we've talked about it a little bit. And it still blows my mind because of what they said. When they when he introduced this one, he introduced him by the name Keth. It was Keth and a bunch of garble, but he clarified later that it was just Keth, K-E-T-H. And I remember, you know, this is 2005, so there wasn't a lot of information online. But it wasn't up until recently that I, I, <laughs> I discovered that the name Keth is Cornish, which is extremely close to Welsh. Mm-hmm. And it means servant. And that's exactly what Keth was, was this guy's servant. Oh. And he's really trickstery. So I started talking recently to people about that. I'm like, he's really associated with windstorms and tornadoes in my dreams and like lightning and stuff huh. like that. And somebody's like, this person, um, I won't name names or anything, was <laughs> very instrumental and very helpful in finding out. Uh, about the the bucca thu, which is the black bucca, the puckish entity that seems to ride on storms or create storms in in Cornwall or in Cornish myth, and it's a trickster figure and all of this stuff. And this is not even something that I had considered. Oh, actually, we do have one more story, one more encounter, Heather, before I learned up learn about bucca or anything like that, which was. Right before my birthday, like the day before, mm-hmm. when you went to the parking lot <laughs> at your work. I was really hoping you were going to forget about this one. We had gotten no. past it. I hate telling this story. <laughs> it might and be one like, of yes. the worst. It even scares yeah, but me. It's, it, it's so embarrassing. Okay. So. It's, oh, it's scary, dude. <laughs> no, it's, fr- it's very frightening, but not for people hearing it. Just for. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> So I was leaving work, and um, same parking lot where I saw him wave and walk into the woods. And I was going towards my car, and right by the driver's side door of my car was a cat. Just a regular house cat, except for it was way bigger than it should be. Like, it was sitting, it was sitting on its back legs, such like a normal cat sitting, um, and if I was like standing next to it, its head would be above my knee. Like wow. it was a very big cat, yeah, a big but it cat. didn't look, yeah, it's uh, abnormally large, but it didn't look anything like, like a, a mountain lion or anything like that. It, it really was just a very large, normal short hair house cat. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw it, my whole 
body froze like mid-step, like locked up joint of terror, which is, again, it's a cat. Like, I love cats. And I've never seen a cat I did not want to pet and wasn't excited about seeing. And it terrified me. And it was... like my brain was sort of fighting itself. It was like, Heather, it's a, it's a cat. You need to keep walking. But I was just rigid and like shaking in fear. And it had these really big, very bright blue eyes, like sort of like alien big. Hmm. And it had a very strange coloring where half of its face was black and the other half was white. And then its body was half black, half white, but on like the opposite side. And then, you know, the leg, the legs were opposite colors, but, and it was in like big swaths, like squares, you know, it was a distinctive line. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've never, never seen a cat look like that. And I inevitably, like after it, it felt forever, I'm sure it was a couple of seconds. I managed to keep walking and I kind of looked around to see if anyone else going to their cars were like seeing me have this moment with this cat. And nobody else seemed to be watching me much. And I was, I just knew that I, I couldn't, I couldn't get too close to it. And I was really hoping it was going to leave. And so I started hitting the unlock button in my car, hoping the noise would kind of scare it off. And it didn't. And so then I hit the lock button, which has a loud beep, just kind of scare it off. And, and it didn't. Mm. And I kept walking and I was like, oh God, please leave, please leave. And at this point, I'm like sweating and like shaking. And I get a couple of feet from it. And it like very slowly sort of gets up on all fours and sort of saunters around to the other side of my car. And I was like, oh, thank God. And I popped open my driver's side door and I could see like through my car windows, it go to the other side of my car. And there was another woman that I work with walking up to her car, which was a couple of spaces down. And she sees the cat and does the same thing I did. Like her whole body freezes mid-step and she's just staring at this cat. And like, I can't deal with this. Like in my brain, I'm like, it's a cat. What are we doing? It's a cat. Why is everyone freaking out? And this woman starts looking around and she starts like, she takes like a couple like flailing steps backward and she's looking around to see if like anyone is going to come save her from this house cat. (laughs) And, like, I was, like, I'm not dealing with this. And so I just got in my car and I left her there. Oh. Because, like, I'm, I am good on that. Like, <laughs> it was, it's not, I don't think it's going to kill her. It was clearly there for me. She's going to be fine. Um, and so I just, like, reversed and drove away and left her there. Heather's like, and... I have some NyQuil and whiskey waiting for me at home. <laughs> I'm going to be so drunk on NyQuil. You guys won't even see me tomorrow. (laughs) I got some coping to do. (laughs) And as I was driving away, like this weird, uh, I, I, I don't know how to describe it, thing came over me and I just started talking without thinking about it, without being able to control it. I couldn't stop myself from talking. It just started falling out of my mouth. And I kept saying, I, I get it now. I'm sorry. I get it. I get it. I get it now. I understand now. And I don't know what that means because I don't know what I get and I didn't understand anything. Wow. It just started falling out of me. And like I have I have a half hour drive home and it took me a good half of that drive to get that under control to stop talking. 
And like by the time I finally got home, I was like, what was that? Like it, and I immediately felt stupid. I'm like, it's a cat. Like, <laughs> you, I can't, I can't tell anybody about this. Like, I just almost crap my pants over a cat. Like, uh, and so I, I the, told Natalie about it, and she's like, actually. <laughs> well, oh yeah, 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 of course. The, <laughs> you know, if it's related to the the Harlequin archetype, yeah, which is another thing people see, and there's been some. Uh, question as to whether that's related to the flannel man thing because often the harlequin has that diamond pattern that is yeah. you know similar to to the the checked shirt pattern no that's really interesting did you end up able to talk to that other woman and ask her about it at any time no i i don't know her very well we've never spoken mm-hmm. and i don't know how to go up and be like hey you remember that scary cat like right. I, I don't know yeah. what I would even say to her. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah, I get it, and it's hard to like just sort of. I'm the only br- one crazy enough to do something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not in my nature. It didn't used to be in mine, but now that I do that, like this is my job now, so I'm completely fearless about asking people. Like, all right, what have you seen that's weird? Yeah, but, but yeah, yeah I'm before, getting there. <laughs> before this was my, you know, that I did it on a weekly basis. I I would have not been able to do that for sure. Yeah. So Although every time I see her at work, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I have a weird flashback. Yeah, she about said it. recently that she was like walking your way in the hall, and you're just. <laughs> well, at yeah. least uh, at least it wasn't the kind of thing where like, and then I never saw her again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she never yeah, that came back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to find, um, but the, but Harley Quinn actually <laughs> harkens back to the wild hunt again does it oh yes it does that's right yes, yes. it does i yes. yeah i just learned that mm-hmm. yeah it's in um Lucato's book on the wild hunt yeah it absolutely does right i can't remember the name though it's like a, a king or something like that i, I, I just th- don't remember <laughs> i'm trying i mean i could go get the book but yeah it, it does it, it's it's related to that so that's a little weird yeah but that cat as soon as heather told me that of course why not? I remembered a dream with that cat, exact cat in it, and I showed it to Heather. And you remember that, right? <laughs> yep. It was from 2018. I have it pulled up for once, so I actually have. I, I'm so glad that I log all of this stuff. Yeah, it was on September 15th of 2018. I had a cat, a trickster cat, show up. A very large, checkered, black and white cat. Half of its face was white and half was black. It showed up and it kept playing like really weird mind tricks with me, and I was freaking out at it because it was so weird. <laughs> That's all I really remember. I don't want to read through the dream, but I just thought that was very strange that it was the same kind of. I describe it as having huge blue alien-like eyes. Oh wow! Right. Here. Yeah, like the exact description. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So. It, which also reminds me, I want to really quick cover it because this is something I wanted to say on here. I, I could probably fill an entire episode with Alamogordo stories when I lived out there for a couple of years. But there's one incident that just always has stuck with me with, uh, I had a fight with my friend. So it was 1130 at night and I went out walking. It was in a very isolated place with just like a few trailers around, you know, right on the edge of the desert to the point where we would get white sands, sandstorms coming in. Um, uh, um, when when were you in Alamogordo? This was 2006. Okay, so it was... In fact, this incident was... Everything happens in September for me. 
Yeah, end of September 2006 is when this happened. Do you remember the name of that trailer park, by any chance? I don't think it had a name. It was just a guy who owned, like, five trailers, oh, and okay. most of them were bad, and it was just me and uh, somebody else across from us. So I, But we were next to one that had a name, and I don't remember that one. But I can actually give you the coordinates, because I, I logged that just in case people can actually see where this happened. My wife used to live in a trailer in Alamogordo. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, oh, totally, 100%. You guys, this is too much for me. I'm, no, you gotta, no. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. She, she lived in a, in a, it was called the Rocket, the, the trailer park where she lived. That does actually sound really familiar. She said, no, I'm done. She said it was, and this was when? White, White Sands Boulevard. I was right next to White Sands Boulevard, yeah. Jesus. I can give you the streets. That this happened on and everything, I actually have yeah, coordinates yeah. and everything for it. Yeah. I will give you. I will. I will message you that. Um, so this was walking down. I don't know. It's not right in front of me. Which street this was? But I was just in a furious daze, and I used to walk at night there because I, I was a real night owl back then. And so this was not unusual. It was not unsafe, or I didn't feel like it was. But it, it, it had a T shape in the road where, you know, you would get to the end of the road and then it would just, you know, fork off in both directions. So that abutted the desert and then past that was just desert. And I used to go out there and think because it was where the light from the street lights would end and it was just black beyond that. So, you know, it was kind of scary, but it was also like my meditative space. So I was headed out there and I hear this jingling chime sound behind me and I turn around and there's this little white cat it was quite a ways away at that point, like, you know, uh, maybe like 50 feet. So I could barely see it. I could just see it was kind of a white cat in people's yard lights. I didn't really think of anything of it. It was kind of coming toward me, and I just keep walking. But I thought that jingling was weird. I didn't know what caused that. There was nobody else around. It was dead silent. And then I look back after, you know, walking for maybe a minute and a half, and it's like right there. It's maybe like 15 feet from me. And it's definitely following me. And it was really small, and it was close enough that I could see if I were to describe the breed, it looked like a Scottish Fold and a Munchkin cat together, but way weirder. It looked like that crossed with a ferret. <laughs> it was like if you had half cat and half ferret, basically. So I had like the rounded flat ears and like the really low body, but the, the body was way too long. Uh, it was extremely strange, and it had huge black eyes. And I'm just looking at it like, that thing is really terrifying and really cute. I don't know <laughs> what to feel about that. And I'm just like, okay, somebody's really weird, deformed cat is following me because maybe it's hungry, it's a stray or something like that. Trying to write this off, and it just keeps following me and following me all the way to that end where the night begins and the straight light ends. And I'm just standing here like, I, I don't feel like I should go out there. I feel like something's going to happen. If I go out there, something's not right. And this cat passes me, goes straight to the darkness, and stands right on the edge of where the light and the dark meet, turns around and stares at me. Wow. Like it's inviting me to go out there. Like it's guiding me out there. Wow. That's the only feeling I can get from this. And I'm like, this is not normal cat behavior, at least not for a stray. Right. And I hadn't really met any strays out there. I'd never even seen a cat out there. I I didn't know anything about this neighborhood cat. 
And so I just get a bad feeling from that, or at least like I, I'm not ready to go out there. <laughs> Something isn't right. I turn around to go home and it starts following me back. And this time it's kind of pacing me or walking in front of me and looking back at me. <laughs> and I, I don't remember exactly what happened at that point. I stopped, I think, and looked at it. Like I'm trying to figure out if I should bring this weird creature home and feed it or what was going on. Like maybe it had kittens somewhere. I, I couldn't tell the gender. And it stops and looks at me and just stares and then turns very carefully in three circles in one spot. Wow. And then stops and stares at me again. And I was just like, no, I can't. I can't do this. This is, I don't even know if I'm seeing this right. It, it was a real cat thing, but it just, it was way too weird. It was making me feel completely nuts. So I just kind of booked it home at that point, like the three blocks home or whatever it was and didn't look back. Allison did adopt so, a stray cat when she lived in that trailer park as well. <laughs> See, but there's stray cats and then there's that thing. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not saying it's the same one. I'm just saying it's just, just a little closer. What did your cat look like? She said it was like a tabby on the top and, and white on the bottom. So I was just curious. Yeah, no, no. This was, this, I mean, it, no, I didn't think... I it, like it was a stray cat, but then the jingling sound and like it didn't have a bell on or anything. Yeah. I didn't think it was the same cat, but I, I was wondering if Allison's cat was black and white like the other one, you know. But uh, it, it oh, was that not. would be wild. Yeah, I've, I've not seen that before. <laughs> it was not. Oh, oh if this yeah. ends up being you know near the same trailer park, this is uh, quite because she would have moved home from there, moved back to Pennsylvania from there, and within a year or two was your final man dream. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so w- within a year probably maybe a year and a half of moving back from New Mexico. Was her and you said that was what year? Sorry, missed that. In the 90s. So, yeah, she was like 93, 94 is when she lived there. And then... Oh, I bet it was even weirder back then somehow. <laughs> <laughs> she, she has good memory. I mean, she, we often will go on like um, like Google Street and, you know, sort of she'll show me around the town and show me the different things and stuff. So she always said yeah. like, you would love it there. You, you would love it there. Yeah, I, I recommend it. That my weirdest experiences all happened there. It was like a cluster of weird. It was intense. <laughs> Did you hear that? No, something about the mountains. Yeah, she's asking if you got up to the mountains, like to Cloudcroft. Yeah, uh, one of my weirdest experiences happened in Cloudcroft, which actually is very close to Heather's, with a blonde man in a hat and duster, and oh, wow. he scared my friend and I. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot. There's so much. That's the thing is I, I forget all this. It's just so much. That was a total Lynch experience because we, we went up there to escape the heat in May. And, uh, you know, I think this was again 2006. And we go to the, the only diner that was open. We walk in. I think there was another song playing. But in the middle of that song, nobody had moved. And all of a sudden, um, that... Uh, uh, what is the Righteous Brothers who, who sings at the that dream song? Everly Brothers, thank you. Uh, that <laughs> the Everly Brothers song. Uh, All I need to do is dream, or whatever okay, it's called. Yeah, yeah, that started just playing out of nowhere, and then it just cuts. It doesn't even play all the way through, and like goes to the previous song. <laughs> and we're looking around trying to figure out who, if somebody had, because it was a normal jukebox. It was a, a, a an antique like with the actual records and stuff like that. And we're like, well, that's bizarre because I had just been talking about how I was trying to shut down this weird experience. It was too much for me and I wanted to get away from it. So part of the trip was just to like 
get my mind off of it and do some hiking and get away from thinking about the dreams. And then that comes on. We leave, we go to the general store and out walks this guy that looks like the only way I could describe him was a cowboy elf. (laughs) (laughs) He's got like the beautiful blonde hair, like braided, um, just gorgeous hair. And at first I thought he was a woman. He was so effeminate, but he was super tall, really skinny, kind of like a hipster cowboy, I guess. Beautiful, huge blue eyes. And he's just, first he was staring at my friend and he's like, look at this guy. And I look up and I've got like jerky hanging out of my mouth. It was my proudest moment. (laughs) I'm just like staring at him like, oh my, he looks like somebody out of my dreams. He looks like that guy. And he's, he walks over around our car, and he, then he starts staring at me, and he won't stop grinning. That's all he does is smile, and he wow. will not stop staring right into my eyes. And <laughs> so the whole time he was walking around, whether he was going toward the general store or going toward his vehicle, he was with, like, a, a much shorter guy that looked like he'd just, you know, gotten off work working as a cook (laughs) they were like the weirdest odd couple and that guy didn't even seem to pay any attention to us he was with that guy and staring at us the whole time he never broke eye contact until we drove off Hmm. (laughs) we finally just left and we were just we kind of just sat in stunned silence like what was that guy doing why do we feel so weird about this but yeah so that was cloudcroft that was one of my (laughs) best experiences there wow it was just it was more synchronistic than i can give it credit yeah, uh, and, and I'm I'm sorry to keep derailing your stories, but I, it, like these things come up, it's like, well, wait a minute, Al McGordo in a trailer park, hold on. Yeah, and then that and Cloudcroft, and that was, I remember going home and telling my friend about it because we were really shook up for like three hours about it for some reason, hmm. especially like that kind of David Lynch moment with the Everly Brothers, which right. he mentioned that song in his Daily Weather last month, I think, just out of nowhere. <laughs> so it was just a very Twin Peaks moment and we had not seen Twin Peaks at that point so imagine my surprise when I finally watched it yeah I, have, I actually haven't even watched it yet and I know there's like Final Man stuff in there so I have to for the book oh but, yes yeah. you need to watch it the, he calls them the woodsmen yeah yeah. I've, I've seen like pictures of him he looks very very cool like on point with the with the archetype Oh, absolutely. They're terrifying. And they he does a really good job of, you know, bringing out that horrible feeling, that terrifying feeling. Yeah, that's they're definitely tuned in. The deepness isn't just trying to be weird with that one. They're they're definitely playing no, with it's, archetypes it's profound, and symbols. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, what else is there? There's oh right, Kath. Well, yeah, there's your recent experience, Heather, with curing uh with <laughs> What? <laughs> Do you want to tell that one? I It cut out for most of that. I actually don't know what you said. Um, do you want to talk about the experience of hearing the two people talking in the oh. room when you were trying to sleep? Yeah, I can. Um, it was just... <laughs> I was... I mean, at this point, it's become a trope of this conversation, but I was pretty drunk. It's not like you're constantly drunk. I know. I, we have we play Dungeons and Dragons once a week, and I drink during that. Like that's the entirety of my drinking. So it just seems to it just happens around. Them. No, I don't they have seem a to like to get you when you're inebriated in some way. That's the thing. 
Yeah, I'm sure there's some, you know, you're in a different frame of mind that makes you, yeah, it's exactly. probably something like that. But Vulnerable. Um, I had been, I had gone to bed and um, my husband was, I think, in the bathroom and I was halfway between, you know, waking and sleeping in that kind of like milky border town between the two and I heard like people in my room and being drunk and half asleep, I for some reason thought that the people we had been gaming with had for some reason come back and they were in my room now. And like, I was just too tired to care about it at all. <laughs> and I heard them talking and like, I was like, this is rude. Why are they in my room talking? <laughs> and one of them had like this sort of strange voice, like halfway between masculine and feminine. Like I, I was pretty sure it was a man, but I would I would not have been shocked to find out it was a woman. Um, and I couldn't make out what they were saying, but I heard the other voice, which was definitely a man, going, no, 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 no. And, like, the other voice seemed to be asking them something or, like, pleading with them to, like, I don't know, let them do something. And the other voice was just going, no, 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 no. <laughs> and, like, I, again being rather drunk, I was like, well, I'm glad someone's sticking up for me and saying no. And I just went to sleep. <laughs> and it wasn't until I woke up the next day that I recognized the voice saying no as Gwyn. And I was like, Oh my God, they're in my room. <laughs> and I was too tired to even roll over and like push my sleep mask up to like check. Like I, they really have got to start coming around when I'm sober. Just curious. <laughs> uh, what night is game night? Wednesdays. Wednesdays. Woden's Day. I have again. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm actually really afraid to see when my dreams occur. Like, if I go through which, you know, dreams have occurred. <laughs> I don't want to see how many are actually occurring on Wednesdays. Yeah. But what alarmed me was that uh, Heather doesn't know anything about Kath's voice. And that's a voice that I'm familiar with. And uh, she described it perfectly. It's, there's no way you could have known that. Hmm. No, you've never I mentioned examples afterward. No, no, I. <laughs> yeah, like, it, so they have do... a distinct presence. Yeah, they really do, and like we we distill a lot of this down for yeah. like like uh, for podcasting. Like so, when you tell it in a distilled version, it really seems like one of us says, "Oh, this is the way it is," and the other person goes, "Yes, exactly." But there's a lot of like me saying, like it's kind of like I don't know if it was a man or a woman, and then Natalie being like, "Well." Like an, like more of an example like this voice or like this voice because it would be more like this. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's exactly what it is. It's a lot of like going back and forth and stuff that she says that yeah. validates what I say. And then when I say something that validates her, we have a lot of back and forth, like checking it against each other to make sure that we're not yeah. like confirmation bias and stuff like that. It's just, it's, it's too, it's, it's minutia. Yeah. So I, we didn't, don't yeah. do it when telling people. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. As I've mentioned before, it's not a straight line. This stuff, it's a spider web. And it's so so hard to tell a linear story out of a spider web, you know, because there's there's all these branches and and this is connected to that. And if you pull in this one, you know, you're moving, you know, 10 other things that kind of relate to it, but they didn't happen at the same time. And only when you look back, you realize like this and this and this were connected. It's very, very difficult to make a linear story out of this stuff. So, you know. That's just the way it is. It's the way this stuff happens. Yeah, that's the way it's been presented to me as a spider web, too. So you had to use that exact <laughs> analogy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, lots of spider stuff with this stuff. I talked about that with uh, Joshua Cushion on Where Did the Road Go on a separate episode. Which, by the way, I'm mad at you guys for not coming to Strange Familiars first, but, you know, we'll let it go. <laughs> <laughs> we thought you were too busy. <laughs> Like we don't want to bother you. No, not for not um, for not for stuff that a that stuff that connects to previous episodes and and then stuff that gets this wacky. I'm I'm all in. But anyway, I'm happy for Sarai to get the stories too. Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of other stuff I'm sure we're forgetting in there. Uh, a lot of stuff that connects to other stuff that to, to us, at least in the moment, or at least to me, is absolutely mind blowing. But the fact that I got the name mm-hmm. or a name, you know, whether even if it's false to me, it just is incredible that I heard this Welsh word. Right. Uh, and don't know, you know, I'm totally ignorant of that. So it just, I was not anticipating that. I thought he was going to give me a weird, either a weird name that made no sense at all, like something completely garbled, or like it just, like, I don't know, David or something. You know, just really normal. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't expecting something like that. It, it just, it absolutely blew my mind and still does. And every time I start to doubt the situation, I go back to that name. Right. How do you feel, like you mentioned that, you know, maybe, maybe not tied into the pandemic. How do you feel that is? Well, since Gwyn is a psychopomp, actually one of the most recent dreams I had, well, uh, it was like a week after I heard the name, but this is not unusual. Like I said, um, you know, there was the dream where I met him in a hospital and he was going in and out of rooms. You know, if he's a psychopomp, he's essentially like a scavenger for souls. So uh, in this more recent dream, I went through this entire sequence where both Heather and I see this place. It's like this edge around something else that's this fog world, and we've both been in it. We both describe it the same way. I was essentially at the edge of that with this turbulent storm going on. It's always like this turbulent purple storm that's going on there. And at the very edge, there were these buildings, like uh, almost like Quonset huts and stuff, like metal buildings. And one of them had been converted into a theater. So I was going through the theater looking for somebody. And actually, Heather, you were supposed to be in this dream at some point, but then you bailed. Yeah. <laughs> um, sounds like so it was just me wandering through these these theaters. Uh, each of the theater rooms was packed with people. And most of them weren't wearing masks. <laughs> and I noticed that. I was like, oh, this is really unsettling. And there were just so many people. They were like on top of each other almost. It's just packed like sardines. And there were no movies playing. It was like they were all waiting for entertainment. 
And I got to the fifth one or something like that. And I finally saw this guy I thought was my friend because he was tall and skinny from behind. And then I looked at him and I was like, no, 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 that's Gwen. And I, I understood just before I met him there or saw him, he didn't actually engage with me at all, that this was a place for souls to go to get processed. These were all dead people. Wow. And they were being entertained on the way to the other world, which was whatever that storm world was that I was seeing. And it was just such a profound realization or experience. And again, this is ridiculous for me to say because my the atheistic part wants to jump in and go, what are you talking about? It's just, I don't even, I've never believed in souls even. Like this is something that's so beyond me. And yet here I was supposedly seeing all of these departed souls that were waiting for processing at the edge of the other world. It was a really bizarre concept. I want to step back and also talk about the dream where you were lucid and you saw Heather kind of sort of floating around basically, you know, kind of in a daze or something you said. Yeah. In that book, Nightmare Land, that talks a lot about lucid dreaming and sleep paralysis and so forth, the uh, the fellow I had on to interview for the show, there's stories in there about lucid dreamers who, who meet up in dreams. And mm-hmm. they describe being very frustrated that sometimes there'll be people that they know there who they're trying to wake up to be lucid and they can't. Yeah. They, they describe them as kind of wandering through dreams like zombies. Yeah, that's exactly what it was like. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. That's Oh, man, that is so cool. Thank you for <laughs> imparting that little anecdote. I was in a relationship with a guy for a while, and we would have a, we had some weird deep connection where on a couple of occasions we woke up in the middle of the night and called each other from a dream after meeting in the dream, supposedly. Oh, wow. There would be, yeah, this stuff was really, really nuts, and I haven't had anything quite on this level since, but there was one dream in particular where we met in a place that we both described so similarly, it was terrifying to me. It was different, though, in both cases. Like, the, there were, the themes were there, but it was a different presentation, if that makes sense. So for him, he was, I don't know, something like he was on a pirate ship. But for me, I was in a ballroom where people were dressed like pirates, for example. Interesting, yeah. And Yeah, and in the middle of it, the one thing that was identical for us was this giant, scintillating, opalescent eye. And we both approached it. And when we approached it, that's when we both woke up at the exact same time. And I called him, and he was already awake and about to call me. Oh, wow. So just so that stuff I really do believe is a thing. I believe dream telepathy is a very, a very real thing, but it's still information that's being sort of distorted through your own you know, memories and perceptions and, and uh, associations and that kind of thing. So you're going to have differences like that, but the, it's still there. It's like you're still meeting the person. And that makes me wonder if those are just subconscious constructs when you go into a lucid dream. Are they just you or are they other people? Like where, where, does the, where do you draw the lines? Yeah, yeah. It's, I, I don't have any answers at all. No, I don't know if anybody does. At the beginning you mentioned things that kind of tie it together with my most recent sleep paralysis thing with the, the storm or the to- windstorm or tornado yeah. or whatever it was. Is that just that one entity you were talking about? No, actually, this has to do more with Heather now. Uh, but yeah, that entity, the Buckadoo, is associated with that. Mm-hmm. But along those lines, 
there was a recent event that uh, Heather, you want to tell that, or is that too <laughs> is that too much? I'm not sure exactly which one you're talking about yet. Oh, you know the quote-unquote wind damage at your place. Oh, uh, that. <laughs> For some reason, I thought that you meant the winter storm we just had, and I was like, oh my god, did something happen? I don't remember. You know that no. snow we just had that I can't explain? <laughs> Look, I know it just came um, from California, but... <laughs> something very strange happened. Um, I have... At my, at my job, I've been working a lot of overtime lately because of, you know, people being off and all that kind of stuff. Anyway... It was two days after my birthday. Um, my birthday was on a Saturday. And that going back in that Monday, I was supposed to go back in for uh, another long overtime shift. And I got a call uh, from my job. And they were like, you don't have to come in today. Uh, one of our ovens was opened over the weekend somehow. And everything is back a day. So we don't actually need you. And this is strange for a couple of different things that are slightly boring, but at my job, the parts that we make have to be in a, an, uh, an oven in a contained environment for a certain amount of time. And every time you open the door to do anything, it resets, it, it adds that much more time to it because it has to have an exact amount. Mm-hmm. And so they're like hermetically sealed, like, and you have to break the seal and really pop it open. They're these gigantic ovens. Like when I have to open them, I have to h- grab onto it and plant my feet and use my weight to open them and somehow one of them had just been popped open and there's no one there um there's no cameras at my work and the only thing it was only one out of like the four or five ovens that are there only one door was open and it was the one that would have the parts that i was supposed to do that day (laughs) and it had been opened the night before and one of the doors into my job there's three glass doors in a row one of them had been blown in like all the glass had been shattered and there was plywood over it when i went in on monday and i was like what happened to the door and they think it was wind instead of somebody breaking in because nothing was taken the only thing that was odd was the one oven that i would have to go into work for had been popped open so something broke the door yeah, something broke the door, popped open the oven, and then left. Wow, gave you a day off. I do want to. Yeah. I want to point out that you you missed the entire night before that. I know that happened at a different time, but we had a very strange incident. Well, oh, was it before? Was it during Hellier, or was it between Hellier and the box? Which what was happening? We, had, we both had a time distortion thing. Oh, the time distortion. Okay. The one that we recorded yeah. and sent to Soraya. <laughs> yeah, that we both were panicking about. <laughs> no, yeah, that was... So I went... That night, I had to watch the time because I had to get upstairs at a certain time to go to bed early, whatever. And so we watched a movie. I went to the bathroom. I checked my phone. And it said 12.35. And I was like, what? There's no way. No, there's no way it's that late. That's insane. And I was trying to do the math as to like how much of Hellier I could watch before I got to go back upstairs. <laughs> I came back out and like we were talking for a minute and I pulled my phone back out to like do the calculations and it was 11.09. <laughs> and I was like, what? No, that's not, that's not possible. I have very severe synesthesia 
And so like when I, when I see numbers, like I see colors and it, I don't, I don't mistake times. Like it, it'd be like seeing something that's blue and then later being like, Oh, that was red. Like, Oh, I must've just missed that. Like, you know, what color you saw? Like, that's it for me. Like I, it's a totally different thing. And so I was like, I think time just went backward. And Natalie was like, what? And then you can tell your part of it. Oh, no, I, I was really scared. Like, that. I don't normally get spooked like that, but that really jangled me because at 9.30, like 9.31 or something, I have this all written down, the actual time, but I, I went to go make popcorn, and I was standing there waiting for the microwave, and a few minutes before, I had just looked at my phone, and it had said something like 10.31 or something, or 10.43 is what it said. And so when I went to look again, it said 9.31. I'm like, wait, what? No, but it's 10-something. I just saw that. I know I saw that. I don't screw up times like that. I have a really, like, I thought it was weird when I saw it because it seemed too late. Like, it didn't feel that late to me. And I was pretty dismayed because I knew, you know, same thing for Heather, that we didn't have a lot of time. So it struck me. And then so when I saw 9.31, I had to go check. I looked over at the, you know, the I have a the oven right there with its, displayed it said the same thing so it just really I just brushed it aside I thought maybe I had a brain fart or something so when she said that I was like there's no way why would I have something like that which never happens to me and then she had something like that like not at the same time but we had our individual time distortion experiences and I promise you we were fully sober yeah we were (laughs) definitely not under the influence of anything (laughs) same night though same Yep. Same night. Yeah, it was within two hours. Very, very interesting. Right, it would have definitely... been just after the uh, ovens in her work. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Sarai is definitely the guy for the time distortion stuff. He's He likes that a lot. That's a... Oh, well, that's probably why it happened. <laughs> Weaves into his whole theory of, of all this stuff. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's really cool. Okay, so do you think, Natalie, that you were led to live in the same building then as Heather? It's a, I hesitate to say yes, because that sounds really crazy, but <laughs> that is the way that I think both of us have felt the whole time. Yeah. It's almost like it just, in fact, that time when it, he was yelling at both of us was a time when I was moving from my current place in San Diego to another place in San Diego. And I had the potential option to move to another apartment here in this same city. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm never moving there. And he got really upset with me. (laughs) (laughs) So that was kind of what it felt like, but I was like, no, that's, that's too nuts. I don't really want to even entertain that possibility. It's just too much. Like that there happened to be, it's, it's a quadruplex. It's not like there are a bunch of apartments here. There's just four. So you needed a a, a new place and she happened to mention, hey, there's a place here. Yeah, because San Diego was, you know, with the the COVID going on and stuff like that, it was just, it was extremely expensive. I was in a really bad roommate situation and it just happened to open up and it was just, it was too much of a good deal. Like everything fell into place. Wow. When I, and so that's from coast to coast. It's, you know, (laughs) it's like almost 3000 miles, but everything fell into place. And I have a history of that happening. It happened once before in a situation that peripherally involves, of all people, Beck. So there's just lots of really weird stuff going on that 
is way beyond the you know the the scope of what we've got going on here. Certainly easier Gwyn. for Gwen to visit you if you're in the same place. <laughs> yeah, convenient for him, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what we care about. <laughs> yeah. It's convenient. <laughs> Wow. Um, I want to throw in real quick before we have to quit this. Um, I want to rewind back to the Ouija sessions when I found out the name Kef, Mm -hmm. which, like I said, it's gorgeous. It blows my mind. There were a few things that they said that scare me in context, and I've told Heather about it. Heather, do you remember what I'm talking about? I remember a lot of different pieces of the Ouija conversations you shared. I don't know which it's exactly you're talking about right now. So when we really got into it, uh, my friend and I, they were telling us stuff like, um, so at the time we're just like thinking, okay, these are either, you know, our unconscious is kind of like uh, inventing these aliens, maybe from another planet or something. But that's not necessarily what they were telling us. Everything that they told us now, I know, I go back to them like, wow, this is like perfectly in line with fairy lore. Which is, I, I didn't know anything about, but there were really specific things that they said, like both of them would go out and they didn't like to interact with people because people would get terrified of them and they didn't know why. But one specific thing they, one of them said was that he was less likely to get caught on security cam footage and said that the other one was liable and had been caught on security cam footage. This was a year before that happened to Heather. Wow. This is weird stuff to be getting on a Ouija session, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, specific? And then another thing uh, he explained, this Keth one, explained that they have a way of transporting themselves. This doesn't really go with fairy lore because of the iron, but iron is a thing in terms of, like, transportation. They, he specifically said they can pop up in people's vehicles because it's an enclosed metal structure. Oof. Yeah, a little bit specific to Heather's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the one I disliked the most. I, I mean, I didn't like it at the time either. I think it was in the Rebirth of Pan book. I think it was, I have to read that. It was his theory where he talks about trailer parks and about these basically these metal boxes being like orgone accumulators. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> no, you should have seen the look on my face. <laughs> okay, remember, remember the Alamogordo experience? Mm-hmm. It's one of the only times, two times in my life that I've lived in a trailer. And that was exactly what my friend and I were talking about, like, this has to be ramping up because we live in a metal box, essentially. And everything kept happening in the hall, especially like in the middle part of it. And we're like, there's a definite thing. Like the dog would bark at the hall. Things would appear there. I'd have terrifying dreams about the little, it's just a mobile home. It's not like it's a haunted mansion, but the hall was just a crazy active place. And then one night, and I can send you the image or the video. It's in my notes. We pull up after going out and hiking and having a really creepy hike at that. We pull up and my friend's headlights hit the fence right in front of them. And the weeds, it, like it could, you could say it's this pareidolia, but it, I should listen to people. And the weeds, it looks exactly like this spell out hall. Oh, wow. 
No, it's like our always the the kind of our running joke was that the hall is haunted, the haunted hall, right? Because that's all of these entities and things were cropping it. Like what? What is? So Alamogordo was the weirdest place. There was the hall, and it was the whole mobile home thing, like the encased metal. So yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> weird. That is really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Wow. Okay. I think Heather and I have had enough freakouts for one night. (laughs) A lot of connections. Let's loop back and we will dig in further. Sure. I think that's a good idea. All right. Heather and Natalie, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Amazing. I'm fascinated and please keep in touch and let's follow up and see where this goes. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. If you have a puppy who's mouthing and biting and you want to teach it to stop, if you have a puppy who needs help with potty training or fear and nervousness or barking or chewing on furniture or shoes or other things the puppy shouldn't be chewing on, if you need help with crate training your puppy, if your puppy has hyperactivity issues. Don't all puppies have hyperactivity issues? <laughs> I think some are, are a little a, bit more hyper. Than yeah, a little, a little worse. some though. sedate puppies. And if you need help with leash training or more, whatever you need help with, you can go to 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. They'll help you with a relationship-based approach to training. They have online sources, video lessons, a secret Facebook group. One-on-one options are available. Let them help you understand how your dog thinks and apply proactive training methods so you and your puppy can become perfect for each other. You can find them at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. Again, that's sithappens.us. The 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link is at the top of the page. So we already did the photo of the week for this week. If you didn't see it, it's a girl holding a cat. It's in our Etsy shop. Shop name is Lost Grave. There's a photo of the week section there. There's an artwork section there. There's a book section there. And get all my books signed, Strange Familiars t-shirts, and more. Go ahead and check it out. Again, shop name Lost Grave, but if you type in Strange Familiars, we'll come up. While you're on Etsy, check out Chad's shop, Ruck Rabbit Outdoors, and check out our friends at Karmic Garden for the Strange Familiars scented soap and candles, and the Flannel Man scented soap and candles, and so much more. They have such great stuff. Karmic Garden. Look them up. If you type in Strange Familiars, their soap comes up too, though, so you can find (laughs) it that way. I want to thank our patrons. Thank you so much for all your help, patrons. Once again, we could not do this show without you. If you want to help us continue to make Strange Familiars, you can go to patreon.com slash strangefamiliars and become a patron there. Get full extra episodes of Strange Familiars and much more. Check out all the different tiers there. Patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you don't like the idea of a subscription like Patreon, you can leave a one-time donation. Just go to the show notes under any episode. There's a paypal.me link. You can click that and make a one-time donation. And of course, everyone can help by subscribing wherever you're listening, whether that's YouTube or any podcatcher, wherever you listen, and leave us those nice reviews because that helps a lot too. All right, that's that. We'll be back soon with another episode of Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. 
Intro and background music is by Stonebreath. Go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com if you want to hear more or buy Stonebreath albums. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars, where you can join the Strange Familiars Gathering Group. We're on Instagram, at strangefamiliars. And you can always find us at strangefamiliars.com.
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.